This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Take a shot! Oh, my goal! My goal! Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Complains about a clear lack of goals That they only come when he's up top The people on Twitter say he needs to play more The ball at his feet and his socks to the floor He's weirdly dressed, doesn't seem like a ball, oh no It's Harry McCurdy Sounds of Dave and his love for one Harry McCurdy. A massive congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Abbott on the arrival of their first child. Truly one more Dave. So it almost seems fitting that this episode is a proper Swindon Town FC dad cast because I'm joined first by Joe Ross Williams. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, listeners. And as Peter Parker would say, it's pizza time. <laughs> <laughs> And we're laughing, we're not quite sure why, but, you know, dad number three is Dan Hunt. Hello, Dan. Evening all. It's pizza time. It's pizza time, It were, you know, and 
Uh, as I opened my box of uh, Papa John's pizza, it, it tastes delicious. It tastes like victory. It certainly does. It's absolutely wonderful. A big congratulations to Dave, by the way. And I think we discussed earlier in the week that this is the sort of fixture or the sort of occasion that will become more and more palatable to him over the next 12 to 18 months. So I'm sure he'll join us maybe for the Newport game. Let's hope so. Yeah, and Dave, uh, as well as saying congratulations, there's still time to change the name to some form of Harry or McCurdy um, to uh, get to work, get convincing. McCurdy's a solid middle name. Yes. Well, my parents are very creative with my middle names. We were talking about uh, various Welsh egg chasers in the week in the group chat, and I am a JPR Williams, so you could be creative and have a... Uh, have a JML Abbott if you think up some nice pretty names it could work could do it could do I don't know who the, I don't know the Welsh reference I don't understand it JPR Williams we, we went for <laughs> the rugby egg chasing oh okay the guy who was the cool. surgeon that one and it, oh yeah I remember okay well we'll move on from this uh from this inane nonsense to move to more inane nonsense in the Papa John's trophy, but far more entertaining because Swindon have gone and won two cup games on the bounce. Um, Before we get cracking, as I always say, let's take us way back to 1995. A young Steve Mildenhall at this time in the 95-96 season had played for Swindon alongside the likes of Luke Nyholt and Steve McMahon. And who's that we see on the bench in 2021, a 43-year-old Steve Mildenhall. Dan, would it be more entertaining if we had a 60-year-old Luke Nyholt or Steve McMahon on the bench instead? Uh, well, I was absolutely... <laughs> don't know why, I was just absolutely delighted when I saw his name on the bench. Lucky number 13, Steve Mildenhall, who I first watched for Swindon, what's that, 26, 27 years ago. Um, <laughs> he is Mr Swindon. He's had... Uh, quite the year of working under John Sheridan and Lee Power, and then all the drama in the summer, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's kind of a shame Lewis Ward couldn't get a tiny niggle, and that uh, we got to see uh, ten minutes of Steve Middlemore in a Swindon shirt again, a pink Swindon shirt. Joe, I mean, I know Lewis Ward is like the it guy around town at the moment, but what I wouldn't have given for a silly red card in the in the 22nd minute to see Mr Mildenhall reluctantly find his way onto the pitch for one last dance. Absolutely, it would have been glorious. I mean, in many ways, I think, hasn't this man done enough or suffered enough this year already? I dare say, though, you can almost guarantee that there'll be a few, uh, a few Mildenhall 13 pink shirts sold by this week. At least 10, I would say. I think so. Dan, out of the 95-96 season, who do you want to see on the bench for the next Papa John's Trophy game against Newport? Fantastic question. Um, oh, big Wayne Allison. We could use uh, a target man like that just to take a bit of pressure off young Tyrese up front. It's a good, good shout. Joe, do you have anything to counter that? Um, my instinct just went straight to, you know, a man who's experienced in treading, uh, you know, the barren edges of Welsh marshland. And I'm going for a Mr. Jason Drysdale. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> You're the absolute worst. 
They are, Jason. You've had a mention on the pod. It's about bloody time. Okay, so Swindon Town started the game at Plymouth Argyle uh, with Lewis Ward in goal. And then Rob Hunt, Mo Dabre, Akinoda Mayo, Matthew Baudry, who was captaining the side, Romney Critchlow, Ryan East, Jaden Mitchell Lawson, Jordan Lydon with his first start of the season, Ricky Aguilar, and Harry Parsons. I'm just, Dan, really happy with that lineup because it did feel second stringy, really. And bringing back the uh, Baudry and, and Lydon for the game. It just add to the advantage of what is this in-season, pre-season fixture. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Ghana got the team selection, the balance between experience and uh, youth, the balance between returning injured players and some legs around them. So if you take Baldry, for example, with Critchlow and Odomeo either side, that was quite a good safety blanket for his lack of pace and lack of match sharpness. Um and Leiden too, you know, Aguiar and East uh, near him in the middle of the pitch. Um, just give us just give us some legs either side of him. I, I think both men acquitted themselves quite well. Baudry, you know, had a few difficult moments against Agard, um, who's a very lively forward still. Uh, and Leiden, well, the miracle of Leiden, he's come through 60 minutes without getting injured to our knowledge. So, yeah, <laughs> good night. There we go. Joe, anything to add? No, I think I'll add on the same. It's good to see, you know, good to see uh, people coming back and getting getting minutes in. I know that we were speculating earlier in terms of, you know, if they would just manage a half each. Uh, I think the boundary lasted the whole game and I was uh, anticipating sort of both only sort of making 45 to 60 minutes. So that's something that will grow, I guess, as they get more acquainted back into first team life. Dan, was was Ben Garner in attendance for this one? I hope so. It's his job. I've just I just saw a few messages suggesting that he wasn't there tonight, but I guess they weren't focusing on the bench. Uh, well, the only thing, and I don't know, um, they did let Scott Marshall do the pre-match press, didn't they? Um, I wonder if Garner's maybe off watching another game. There's a few games knocking around. I imagine he's watching an international match, given our recent recruitment. Uh, looking for our next uh, international talent. And there's a few of them <laughs> knocking around. <laughs> well, yes, and, and we, we forget to congratulate Jojo Wallacott on his on his second cap for Ghana and a clean sheet in their uh, 1-0 away win at Zimbabwe. But again, this was a game for Lewis Ward, Joe, and it's a tough one for me to really to really sort of discuss without sounding like I have a massive agenda on this. I don't really. I am firmly in the camp that Jojo Wallacott is our strongest goalkeeper and I think he should start against Rochdale if he's fit and ready and not jet-lagged and all that malarkey. Um, but another good performance by Ward today. Yeah, I think Ward gave a good account. Of we were kind of spoiled, really, having you know two keepers that I guess we've seen the argument play out a lot about... Uh, after Ward's heroics uh, and what a better time to have them on Sky Television in front of everybody uh, at 12 o'clock on an international break. I was surprised at how many people have messaged me on the weekend to say, oh, you know, your keeper is all right. People who don't support Swindon, but through, you know, boredom or not having their usual games to watch has happened to flick on and see 20, 30 minutes of that and respond accordingly. So we I know there was remarks about him being particularly showy or fancy or 
making a, making a meal of certain saves, and I think that's a reasonable uh, observation for some to make. It was a good account to himself with less uh, less of the spotlight today. We sort of had maybe a more a more controlled, more tempered ward today, but I. I'm sort of dodging around the question. I'm not really seeing something that makes me think, as was the noise on Saturday and Sunday night, that he should start against Rochdale. Can we put this to bed, gents? Yes, go on. Wallacott starts on Saturday. Let's stop all this. Let's stop all this silliness. Wallacott is Swindon's number one keeper. He's done nothing wrong. He's been called up by his country, which is fantastic. And until Wallacott does something wrong or puts a couple of ropey performances in for town then Ward is just going to have to wait his turn but at the very least we know Ward is a fantastic backup keeper in the fourth tier and as he showed tonight there was one save just before half time from Danny Mayer really good strong wrist um, tipping it away Um, yeah Ward uh, and then the assist too so he's even uh, he's getting on the assist chart Uh, wonderful throw out for um, Jerry Mitchell Lawson in the second half to uh, sprint clear and score. Yeah, but yeah, Wallacott, Wallacott starts. Let's, let's stop all the silliness. I, I think the thing that makes me nervous as a fan going forward is I think there will be just this microscopic scrutiny of Wallacott for every misplaced kick, fumbles, catch from a cross. Something that really confused me just before we move on was just this notion that you know, I've heard more than one or read more than one Swindon fan say that Wallacott has to earn his place back. You know, I don't understand. You know, Ward played very well. Fantastic. It's not about Ward. It's, this is really about selection. But to the, the notion of Wallacott having to earn his place back just baffles me. It's nice to know that, you know, that we have an option uh, in reserve that can step in and can step in a way that we're not going to you know absolutely panic you know, if if there's a knock or something else later down the time but anyone who's sort of followed the timeline of fans of the Ghana national team there's just sort of waves and waves of negativity of what this what fourth tier goalkeeper is doing being called up and do we really want to meet that with waves and waves of that somebody has to earn their place when they've achieve one of their ambitions of the season, which is to be capped for their country and only let in a penalty and uh, letting those same people who doubted him, those critics, eat their words. Do we really want him to come back to Swindon and we raise some waves of negativity of our fans saying that he needs to earn his spot back? No. He starts on Saturday. I don't think it's waves and waves. No. There's still a, there's still a lot of voices saying, of course, Wallacott plays. I'll get waves of comments when uh, Wallacott <laughs> lets one through his legs against Rochdale, but oh well, that's that's my. But to your there. point about the microscope being on him, you know that's that's the nature of goalkeeping. Absolutely. And you know Wallacott will make a mistake at some point this season, but that doesn't make him a bad goalkeeper. Um, and yeah, and you know ultimately you want competition for places. We've got quite a small, lean squad. And um, it's a long old season. As we saw last year, we managed to burn through seven keepers for a mixture of injuries and call-ups and um, loans gone wrong. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for the time being, what a brilliant situation to be in. Absolutely. 100%. What will be will be on that front. Well, talking of mistakes, 
Swindon's first goal was an own goal by one Macaulay Gillespie. Joe, talk me through it. Uh, so yes, this was sort of against the run play. There was a there was a goal disallowed before that, wasn't there? Where they had been caught offside. So I think that Plymouth were feeling like they'd had the uh, the run of the game. Um, bit of build up play in the box, and I think was it Parsons on the edge of the area, sort of peeing across that uh, somebody stuck a leg out. Um, and then it's just ended up in the back of the net to the surprise of, I think, everybody, not least of all Parsons and Hunt who are nearest to it. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, Hunt, Hunt was looming large um, behind Macaulay Gillespie, who's got a ridiculous spelling of his name, by the way. Um, the worst spelling <laughs> of Gillespie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, so uh, Rob Hunt, you know, isn't going to miss from two yards with his prowess. So it sort of forced... Uh, the Plymouth defender to try and do something at the near post. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was good uh, flash there from Parsons. Sort of 10 seconds before that, he dropped quite deep and got the ball into feet in the in the pocket, as it is. Um, and then later in the move, you know, sort of flashing the ball across goal for it to, to go in as, a, as an own goal. So that was um, one of a few bright flashes from Parsons. I don't think he's had quite good, uh, quite as good a night as some of his some of his peers, but um, there's definitely plenty to work with with Parsons. That will do his confidence a lot of good. Yeah, well, Dan, sticking with you because Plymouth didn't take too long uh, to equalise. Um, Kieran Agard, I think that's his sixth goal in nine games against Swindon. Um, mm. This this one's a discussion point really because. It's not a great goal to concede and it's going to be long forgotten because one, it happened in the Papadron's trophy and two, we won the game. So it didn't really matter. Um, but it's not the greatest moment defensively, was it? No, I think if you, if you, um, if you rewind uh, 20 seconds, Swindon had an attacking corner, um, which was cleared. Um, we'd actually done very, very well to sort of stifle the counter-attack. Rob Hunt, with a lung-busting uh, run back to slow down the Plymouth attacker. And um, despite Swindon then getting into some sort of shape and getting the bodies back, we um, we put very, very little pressure on the ball uh, on Plymouth's left wing. Rob Hunt with a very half-hearted little swing of a leg in the air, which, you know, sort of mimicking a, a block. Um, and yeah, uh, at the near post, Baudry, you've probably just seen there his, his lack of match sharpness. Um, just slightly slow to the ball and Kieran Agard's long legs just managing to get a toe uh, towards the bottom corner Ward despite his best efforts um, could only palm it into the side netting rather than around the post so it's I actually think for the first 20-25 minutes Swindon were very good value I know Plymouth had had the goal disallowed um, Mayor's cross headed in by uh, Shirley um, but, you know, East had had a shot from distance, parried. Um, Parsons had had a a bit of a chance on the left edge of the box, which he lifted over. Obviously, we scored. Um, but, yeah, after the Plymouth goal, the, the momentum of the match swang. And Danny Mayer for Plymouth, who's had a lot of good games against town, I'm sure of it. He just gives me nightmares. Um, he started running the show for Plymouth in that sort of, left side attack in midfield. Um, and Sunderland were very lucky to go in half-time drawing. And uh, thankfully for us, Mayer came off at half-time, which I think was quite a deciding factor in the match in the long run. 
it's, it's a first, Joe, that I've heard Kieran Agard of five foot ten and his long legs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's a growing boy. He's a growing boy. I think it's it. Who'd be a goalkeeper, right? Because against Forest Green Rovers, he's probably you know blindfolded and saving that with with comfort. And it just it, this one sort of evaded him. I, I I get the feeling that you know Baudry's defending kind of surprised him into not anticipating that uh, the long legs of five foot ten Kieran Agard would uh, would would get the better of him. But yeah, it was it was a sloppy goal. But you know we're not losing sleep over it. No, exactly. Like you say, it's in the Papa John's trophy for one. Uh, and as we've already talked to death about with Woolacott, you know and the Woolacott Ward, hopefully Mildenhall issue. Um, things that mistakes and things that I recall you and James talking in the last pod about Joe Fryer and how, in a way, that he was sort of unlucky to have made a mistake, and then that was kind of the end of his his tenure. They get amplified mistakes that you make, and you don't get lots of chances to claw them back. Whereas, of course, outfield, you know, mistakes when they're made, you can make recoveries and results play a long way into that as well. And the fact that we've run comfortably today means that that will just be a, a footnote really. Before we go on to second half and, um, and the goals that followed, you know, there are a fair few players that feature today that don't get many minutes in the league because we have quite a strong 11 at the moment. So obviously Ryan East, Mo Dabre, uh, Jaden Mitchell, Lawson, Aguiar, and Harry Parsons. So, how did these guys do, and did any particularly stand out? I would say everyone gave a good showing of themselves. Um, we've already mentioned Parsons uh, being bright in flashes, but in the midfield, I think East, as I've said before on this pod, is like a little mini poor man's Reed. Um, and that's a compliment. I honestly mean that as a compliment because Reed is fantastic. And East looks like despite being 23 um he looks like like the learning academy version of reed um he's very neat and tidy um lots of good short passes linking up the play so i, I definitely think he, he remains a good backup in the squad um Aguiar, um fairly quiet in the first half came to life a bit more in the second half there was one excellent run uh, I think one of our players had just gone down injured on the floor, Odomeo. Um, and it was sort of going through my mind whether or not Swindon were going to put the ball out. But Aguiar just sort of picked up the reins, went driving forward, jinked between three or four players and hit a fierce shot, uh, which the Plymouth keeper Burton sort of tipped wide. Um, and then the, the triple subs came after that. But uh, yeah, he's um, he's definitely got he's definitely got something, Aguiar. Um Looks very similar to Parsons and where they were 28 and 29. I, I, I did find myself getting them mixed up a couple of times watching the match. But um, yeah, they look they look similar players. They both want to play in that sort of like attacking midfield hole, want to get on the ball and uh, do a bit of damage. But yeah, definitely one for the future, Aguiar. There was a, a lovely little bit I enjoyed in the first half where I think um, Mitchell Lawson got sort of hauled over and he was down and clutching himself a bit to the point that and I, I admit I watched this game with headphones on so I was getting a lot of ambient noise a lot of chatter I think I might have heard some intimate conversations going on in the stands of Plymouth Argyle um, 
but yes, this, uh, the uh, one of the guys has sort of pulled him up and is sort of fiddling around with his collar, and you can hear them talking in the background saying, oh, look, he's dressing him now, and all this <laughs> sort of stuff going on. Very good. And looking a bit, a bit forlorn and, you know, out of sorts, and then just sort of bursting into life, into attack when when the ball's coming in the in the penalty area. I like that. I like a bit of a a bit of subterfuge like that. He looked very very bright. Uh, you know, he really wanted to make a mark on it. And I just think about how you know this move for him is almost uh, a bit like sort of resetting the record, isn't it? He's been at Derby County in a time which you know to say it's been an erratic time that they've had of it is putting it mildly. And I know that his sort of his development and what he's been doing up there is sort of very much been on the back burner. So it does feel like a, a reset for him. One thing I noticed with uh, likes of our younger players, like people like Mo Darbre is after the, when we watched the Arsenal game, there was lots of calls of, Oh, you know, they should start, or they should be involved or, people talking about potential loans or things like that. The development of just being in and around the squad and even things like being part of the matchday squad but not coming on does actually seem to be having an effect of being in and around the professional way, if you will. We now have a good coaching setup and actually some of these young players, even if they're not playing, you know, just being in and around the squad and being coached, you are seeing quite quick improvement, um, you know, for Dabre and for um, Aguiar, you know, it's only their second or third proper game. And you're seeing these guys looking the part. I think on Dabre, you saw again tonight uh, in a slightly deeper role, much like he did against Arsenal. He's, he's so fearless and very strong. Um, his ability to hold off a very inexperienced opponent in Edwards who's Plymouth's sort of first choice right wing back. Um, you know, he, he gave absolutely as good as he got there. And um, I just also want to add on Mitchell Lawson to what Dave was saying. I thought first half, <laughs> it, it just didn't quite happen for him. He ran down a few blind alleys a couple of times. He was running with the ball at pace and just sort of ran into the defender and fell into a heap on the floor. But second half, some of his runs were so intelligent and the Swindon players further down the pitch had enough uh, sort of nous to find his runs. Um, you really see how he could be an asset for town because uh, in that centre-forward position, which is where he was used against Arsenal and again tonight, um, he just gives you that very, very different option to Simpson, that ability to run in behind, to run in the channels um, and actually the formation that Ghana seems to have settled on in the last couple of games, Forest Green and Bristol Rovers and uh, Colchester before that, I think I think you could see Mitchell Lawson being quite good in that sort of Harry McCurdy role um, from Forest Green away, that sort of one quick, random kind of player in behind the big striker. You know, previous schools of thought, and a lot of this is throwing everything that's come before out of the window, is that... You know, if you're young and you've got potential, it's time to give Hungerford and Chippenham a ring and all of that stuff. But it is showing that keeping people there and around the squad and having a smaller squad anyway is actually showing some benefits. Because I'm watching, um, you know, second, mostly second string Gee team tonight. I'm not watching this game and thinking, 
oh, if we have to rely on any of these guys later in the season, I'm worried. I'm thinking might be okay. I think I think yeah. it's down to match sharpness, isn't it? They're, they're currently playing one, you know, inverted commas, competitive game a month at the moment in the in the Papa John's and there will come a time where if they're thrown in at the deep end they will need to be bloody ready and this is I think they wanted these guys I mean specifically Aguilar and Dabre were supposed to go out on loan but the size of our squad hasn't allowed it and that's fine that's good but as long as they're playing sort of reasonable development games behind closed doors I think you're right there, Joe, but it, it will come a time where, you know, they'll be fit, but are they match fit? And that's that's up to the club to sort, who I trust absolutely 100% on that front at the moment. It's also a very good argument to try and stay in the tournament as much as us fans dislike it with the Premier League yeah. under 23 teams, because it does get you that reserve team fixture every month. Um, and, you know, if you're Parsons, if you're Dabre, if you're Aguilar, you want to progress in this tournament because you know you're going to keep playing, and you know you're going to keep getting that shop window to say, "Pick me, Gaffer," or you know, to the loan team who you might join in the conference. You know, again, you've got some some footage of you doing the business. I think this is the first year that, and you know, we're covering all the games because you know we want to be as concise as possible, and I know that there's going to be people who will be. You know this game, this competition is nothing, and we should boycott. But obviously, you know we want to be the eyes and ears of people who didn't see it. This seems to be the first year where not only are we taking it seriously, but we're also managing it in a way that we're getting something out of it, which I yeah, like. I would agree with that. Well, JML got the got the second goal uh, for Swindon, but Dan, this one was all about a very Nifty assist by the goalkeeper, Lewis Ward. Well done. Yes. Um, well, it all started really with um, a Plymouth corner. Um, a bit of a hairy moment as the ball was headed back across goal, um, which led to a weak header, sort of easy save for Ward in the middle of the goal. But yeah, great presence of mind and you know, great running from Mitchell Lawson um, to be on the end of Ward's clearance. Um, nice little... Um, bit of forward play in the way that he came short to sort of suck the defender in and then span uh, on the halfway line and just, you know, burned him up. Um, as the as the move um, went on, you know, the defender did quite well. He, he sort of got back into Mitchell Lawson's kind of space. Mitchell Lawson had to slow down and you're thinking, oh, you know, is the chance gone? But um, it was an excellent finish on quite a tight angle. I think there's a little bit of a deflection in there which helped take it into the far corner. But yeah, all the credit to Ward for the assist and Mitchell Lawson for the um, the pace and then the composure when faced with a, a defender between him and the goal. It was a super, super goal. Before that goal went in, there was a triple substitution and, you know, like the first game, Swindon actually got stronger, really. Um with Ellis Iandolo and Harry McCurdy coming on, but also a debut finally for George Cowmeadow, which was wonderful to see. Feed the cow. Yeah, feed the cow and uh, he will score. I think it was it's it's always enjoyable to follow town socials and it's been enjoyable watching uh, 
McCurdy's Instagram today of sort of tormenting LSI Underlow, who had to sit next to him all on the journey all the way down to Plymouth and uh, taking the piss out of him for watching Marley and me on his laptop, which is quite, quite fun. But it's, uh, again, it's good that, you know, having been very much the, the man of the moment and we're seeing art prints and all sorts going up on online that you can buy of Harry McCurdy doing his bow and arrow pose, he still seemed, you know, incredibly hungry to get out there and, and do his thing, even if it is in the Papa John's trophy. He'd look, look fired up and uh, that's always, uh, always nice to see. McCurdy is a creative and this was his canvas. Any chance he gets, he's going to light it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the the happy times uh, with McCurdy um, because other teams have experienced the not so great. So I'm enjoying the loving. I'm all about Harry McCurdy. Um, as somebody who would have seen him in the under 18s, Dan Calmeadow, great to see him play. What did you think of him? My limited exposure of seeing Calmeadow, I've, I've always sort of known him as a sort of right winger come forward um, and he's come on today in the right wing back role so slightly unfamiliar you would think um, first thing I'd say you know he certainly didn't look out of place physically he's very good size very broad shoulders for one so young which you know is going to stand him in good stead for professional football particularly in the fourth tier um, but yeah most things he did were very positive um, so the very first thing he did. Um, he had a deflected shot over the bar, which earned Swindon a corner. A couple of bits of over-enthusiastic play where he's, you know, he's gone charging through the back of defenders. But I, th- I think, again, that's just the hunger to get in the game and uh, and impress. But uh, yeah, defensively, I can't think of a thing he put. Uh, he didn't put a foot wrong. Um, yeah, welcome to uh, welcome to Swindon Town Football Club, George Calmado and. Uh, May we see more of you in this competition as the season goes on. Absolutely. He's grazing at the moment, but hopefully <laughs> if you feed him against Ben Wills' Newport County, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll finally be able to celebrate the moment that we've been waiting for for a long, long time. Um, Swindon wrapped it all up in the 84th minute via Harry McCurdy. Who else right now? I've got to be honest, you know, a lot of fans might sort of Really enjoy watching this. A hell of a hell of a run by Critchlow. You know, uh, echoes of Sean Taylor against Manchester United in 1994. But I looked at this and it was just Joe, pure preseason. Nobody cares. Last few minutes in the park. Everyone's got one eye on their bike before they cycle home for tea. It. You know, I don't want to. T- I'm really not doing Critchlow any favors for a magnificent run, but Plymouth, man, if they cared, they're not. They're still in the changing rooms in in the early hours of the morning, getting a rollicking for that because they parted like the sea, didn't they? Absolutely, and it was lovely to see. You know, it's a very gifable moment. The Libero Grande, Romilly Critchlow, <laughs> taking everybody on. Shades of Beckenbauer or whoever, but. Uh, yeah, I think the whole game really had a, I wouldn't necessarily say like playground feel, but it did have a, especially not having that many people in, although I don't know if they had a beer promo on because there were some Argyle fans who were really, really getting into it and having a having the time of it. Um, 
it felt a little bit like you'd broke into and what were watching a one of the closed doors friendlies or you're watching open training or something like that it was very sort of open and loose and when we talk about that you know we're planning to get something out of it we're utilizing it in a way where we're building players who aren't getting regular games and giving confidence to those who need it is it coincidence tonight that the two teams who are rock bottom of their groups are at the top of league one probably not no (laughs) different priorities um yeah Uh, you know you could say that arsenal game was quite tight it was a bit of a happy accident that we won which means you know we're looking on this tournament more favorably than plymouth who obviously lost the first game to to Newport. But yeah, Plymouth aren't going to lose any sleep about this, are they? No, not at all. Not at all. Rich? Yes? You've gone on to the McCurdy goal, which is fine. But can we talk about McCurdy's shot from 60 yards? Oh, yes. Yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> As everyone hopefully saw tonight, the uh, the ball broke to McCurdy. What are we saying? 25, 30 yards out on the wing? So... With the diagonal, probably a bit further out. And he just set the ball out so wide to curl it into the other corner. The keeper was slightly out of position, but not ridiculously so. Um, oh, and God, it just it came back off the face of the post. It would have been such an amazing goal. Um, it was unbelievable. It looked like the post, when you only see like a cartoon character hit a flagpole <laughs> like that, where it rattled. It was unbelievable. Oh. If that had gone in... If that had gone in, that would be the clip. But uh, for tonight, Romney Critchlow will be the one who's uh, who's shared about. Yeah, definitely. It was a fantastic run. And um, <laughs> and then also, we mustn't underestimate how good the little slip ball into Mitchell Lawson was. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, after that, no one bothered marking McCurdy. Like Rich said, it had that sort of end-of-the-playground game kind of feel. And uh, McCurdy couldn't miss. I believe that's what they call in uh, online circles on uh, FIFA a sweaty goal. Just that sort of like little sideways pass that you just tap into an empty net. But to have the, the you know the instinct and not be selfish and look up and just do the simple stuff. That's what we need. Perfect. I tell you what. I tell you what, Joe. You are just giving me titles for this episode. I had none, <laughs> but I've had Libero Grande Romani Critchlow. And now I've got sweaty goal. So sweaty goals. <laughs> don't know what to go for. We'll soon find out. Um, but <laughs> you've given me a headache and I appreciate it. A huge well done tip of the cap and wow to the 116 Swindon Town fans who attended that game. Hopefully most of them. Really? Hopefully most of them, you know, fellow well, I'm an alumni, but University of Plymouth students, and yeah. you know, maybe Vic was there with pals as well. But an extraordinary example of commitment to the cause there. Well done, and you got a win for it too. I mean, Dan, you're a former resident of Plymouth, like myself. I was there, you know, for the equivalent of three seasons, like you were. Swindon didn't play one senior game when I was down there, and I'm still. Really disappointed about that. Oh, poor you. I saw a couple of wins. Ah. 4 0 and 1 0. FA Cup oh, were, and uh, Rafa de Vita. They were rubbish when you were there. When I was there, they were good. They were championship. Not too bad at that either. It was. Ah. 
Rubbish. But uh, I do actually know one of the one one six. Graham Davis, well done, you nutter. Couldn't find anyone to drive with, so we hopped on the bus. Good for you, Graham. I'm pleased they won. Well done, Graham. That was for you. There we go. Um, so there. Well, I share your sympathy. So I, sorry, Rich. I share your sympathies not seeing uh, Swindon play, but rather than poor you, isn't the expression bless? Ooh, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> look at that. That's that's never going to go away, is it? And you know. After all said and done, it was them that created it. And when I see Plymouth fans direct bless our way, I always think to myself, you don't understand this, do you guys? <laughs> you know, but yes, bless indeed. Um, the mighty Argyle, who are flying in League One at the moment, fair play to them, um, are humbled by little old Swindon Town once again. Lovely. Beautifully put. Thank you very much. Any, anything else to add for this extraordinary long pod to talk about a Papa John's pizza tie? Anyone? That's just top of the group. Or that's one thing to note. So we'll be on six, Newport and Arsenal on three, and Plymouth at the bottom, if anyone's remotely interested. Um, I guess just like a side little note is that I do hope that however far that we take this tournament that we do keep it to the boys who have got us here and are doing these things i'm not a big fan of when you know when no. things start to go well in this tournament no. they chop it all over like that final no, no we don't Aguilar's want to do not be playing in no final Dabry's not going to be playing in any final when we get there it's going to be the big hitters we're not going to go and play sunderland and play our second string you crazy man it's not about that it's about winning I want us to score at Wembley, for goodness sake. <laughs> I've seen three Swindon Town first teams go to Wembley and not All even right. score. So I would take the second string, having a go. Yeah, yes, please. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. That's a discussion for some time around April time. If, if Are we, we doing man of the match, Rich? Ooh, um, well, we don't have it for the spreadsheet, but let's go with it. Who's man of the match? Oh. Mitchell Lawson, goal and an assist. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that, yeah. And uh, he did his, his wonderful comedy acting in the beginning, which I enjoyed. So there's three shouts. Look at that. JML gets the gets the final vote. He's the man of the match. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Cheers, chaps. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.